Hello and welcome to Daybreak, the show where fun ideas and occupations come to life. This week we'll hear a quote from Booker T. Washington, interview elder and concert manager Tag Evers, and after the break, learn about the case of the runaway kangaroo. Now, let's get on with the show. This week on Daybreak, our final quote of the season comes from none other than Booker T. Washington. He declared, Those who are happiest are those who do the most for others. Now think about that for a second. Those who are happiest are those who do the most for others. Now once you're done thinking about it, make sure to write down or draw a picture of what you can do for someone to make them feel a little bit happier and in the process, you feel a little bit happier too. And after you do that, we're going to meet someone whose job it is to help others every day. And his name is Tag Evers. He's an elder and a concert promoter. Hi, Tag! Hi, Tag! Hi, Pippa! How are you today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well on this lovely day. Well, that's awesome. So let's get started with our first question. So how did you get into your profession? Was it hard or more on the easy side? Well, it depends on what profession you're asking me about, Pippa. Mm, mm. I actually have two jobs. Being an alder is only a part-time job. So which one are you most curious about or are you interested in finding out about both of them? Hmm, I'm interested in finding out about both of them, I believe. Uh, okay, well, I've been in the music business and the entertainment business for almost 30 years here in Madison, which means I help organize concerts. Mm-hmm. And I first started doing that in the early 1990s. The, my first business was called Tag Team Productions. And I brought a bunch of hip hop artists to town and wow. rock and roll shows. Mm-hmm. And then around the year 2000, I changed the name to True Endeavors. And I continue to put on hundreds of shows at venues all across the town of the city and in cities throughout the Midwest. Yeah. So I brought, you know, some rather famous artists and, and artists of all different sizes uh, to venues like the Barrymore, the Alliance Energy Center, or Overture Hall, or the Orpheum. And, and then in 2012, I sold my business and joined uh, the people at Frank Productions, and uh, they since merged with the Majestic. So, and we've done a. There's been a lot of other changes. We built uh, the Selby, which is a concert hall, a new new venue here in town, a, a really nice, beautiful space. We bought High Noon Saloon. We have the Majestic. We booked the shows at the Orpheum. So that's that's the music side of things. And then uh, I ran for Alder. District 13 Alder, and the election was in April of last year, 2019. That's a part-time job. It takes about 20 to 30 hours a week. So how did I get into that? I have always, Pippa, been interested in politics, going back mm-hmm. to when I was a young boy. Yeah. When I was six years old, my father ran for Congress back in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, wow. Yeah, you ran for Congress. 
And I have, actually have a framed picture in my house of my father shaking hands with John F. Kennedy at the White House. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And so my father uh, uh, and my mother both were interested in politics and always kind of stood up for peace and justice and the environment and things like that. And so they, they instilled their values in me. And when I had an opportunity to run for elected office, I, I chose to do so. And fortunately, I was elected. Awesome. How do you get elected, basically? What was the process of running for elder? Well, when I ran, um, since there were, I had initially more than one opponent, there had to be a primary. Mm -hmm. the, uh, primaries are held to narrow down the field uh, so that it's just, uh, you narrow it down to the top two candidates. So initially there were four people running and there was a primary and primary I believe was on February 16, 2019. And I came out on top of the primary with 54% of the vote. Whoa, yeah. And the second place candidate uh, had something like, oh, I don't know, maybe 35% of the vote. And then the other two candidates uh, were way down the pack and they were disqualified. So the general election, Pippa, was held on April 2nd. And I won with 62% of the vote and my opponent had 38% of the vote. And so I won by a pretty good margin and was sworn into office, I believe, on April 16th, 2019. Wow. That it must have been a process. And did you ever have moments during that time where you felt like you wanted to give up or you were really frustrated or like, did you ever have any of those moments? And how did you solve, how did you help yourself feel better after that? Well, uh, campaigning is really difficult, particularly these spring elections. You have to do a lot of campaigning while there's yeah. still snow on the ground, and it's very <laughs> cold. And sometimes I was knocking on doors, talking to people when it was, I mean, it was super, super cold and uncomfortable out. But I stuck to it, and I kept busy. Um, I uh, And then, fortunately, I had a lot of support. There were people who um, were worried about me because I was working so hard, I was losing weight. I, was, I wasn't I was finding enough time to eat. Oh no. <laughs> no, I lost, I lost about 15, 20 pounds. Wow. And the neighbors started showing up and, and leaving food on my front porch to prepare <laughs> meals and left. They, they organized themselves. So every evening I, uh, and they had a cooler on my front porch with a meal that was prepared that all I had to do was heat it up. Wow. So that helped me. And, uh, I, you know, I worked super hard. Um, and, you know, there were a couple of debates. And, um, I, you know, I did a lot of writing. And, and uh, you know, I was interviewed in the newspaper and interviewed on various blogs and podcasts. <laughs> um but I think I was able to put forth a vision for the for the district and for uh, where I see our city going. Mm. Well, going on to that or going into that, I guess, 
what do you stand for as an elder and a person? Oh, what do I stand for as an elder and as a person? Um, I believe in the principles of justice. I believe that um, we have a lot of challenges in our country. And those challenges are made are, are because the promises that this country was founded upon, the principles of liberty and freedom and justice for all have not applied equally to everybody. So um, I, I believe that here in, in our city of Madison, we're a segregated city, which means uh, there are neighborhoods where that are mostly white and then there are neighborhoods that are mostly black and we don't really communicate uh, all that much with each other. And I think that's a problem. And as, as is the case in many parts of the country, there are disparities or differences uh, in what black people in this city experience and what white people experience. Mm -hmm. Differences can be in terms of education outcomes. Yeah. And those differences can be in, in just basic wealth and income and how much money you make and, and under what conditions you have, you, you're, you live. They can be differences or disparities in terms of how you're treated by law enforcement and whether or not you get arrested for a minor infraction or as opposed to just given a warning. So those kind of differences historically, even though we in Madison think, oh, we're not in the South, we're good people, we're not racist, those differences result in outcomes that are unjust. So if you ask me what I stand for, I stand for a, a, a type of politics that would say that racial justice and fairness is really important and is something that we in our city need to focus on. Mm, I would definitely see that as a very important thing to help um, in any city, really. But right now we're focusing on Madison, so I can definitely see in Madison how that could really help if we were more just uh, sort of going off of that as well. How has your job changed due to COVID and the BLM protests? And what have you done to help? Well, those are good questions. Um, my concert promoting job has changed a lot because people are not going to concerts right now. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, I'm actually focused on trying to uh, organize concerts for next year and postponing and you know, rescheduling a lot of events that we had for this year. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of um, how things uh, are changed uh, due to COVID in terms of for as an elected official, we're holding all our meetings uh, through Zoom mm, and yeah. online meetings, and including neighborhood meetings, mm -hmm. are challenging and complicated because yeah. uh, they're just slower, and people uh, sometimes don't have good internet connections, which also becomes an issue of equity, and because uh, some people don't have good internet or can't afford uh, good in internet. And that impacts their ability to participate in the political process. Um, mm -hmm. That's a issue that we're contending with in the city. And I know the school district is struggling with that as well. Yeah. Uh, as they look at uh, the requirements of distance learning uh, versus in-person learning. So 
Um, there are just a whole variety of challenges that we're having to face. Um, early on as an alder for my district, I advocated that people start wearing masks. And I advocated it way back in April before anybody else was really talking about it around here. And I pushed and pushed and pushed with the public health director to uh, require masks to be worn in Dane County. And finally, finally, that had happened. And I've also asked people in District 13 in the neighborhoods of Dungeon Monroe and Vilas and Greenbush and Monona Bay and Bay Creek. Those are the five main neighborhoods in District 13. I've asked residents there to help make masks and face coverings. So we started something called the uh, D13 Mask Brigade, the Mask Brigade, and asking people to make homemade masks and donate yeah. them to people who can't afford to have a mask. Or, yeah. you know, we had some uh, vulnerable residents, uh, people, low-income residents who live in public housing in different parts of, of the district, um, not all that far from here. And um, those folks uh, are vulnerable to COVID. So I really wanted to make sure that all of those residents were living on public housing of the Triangle. The Triangle is where Bayview Community Center is. The Triangle is bounded by these streets, by Regent Street, South Park yeah. and West Parkerton. That's called the Triangle, and there's public housing there where some very poor people live, but people who are, have every much a, a right to fairness and justice as anybody else, and uh, perhaps even more so if we're committed to looking out for the least among us and for those who are most vulnerable. So I wanted to make sure that everybody had a mask, and so far we've been able to take care of that. People keep on sewing masks and drop them off on my front porch and I make sure they get distributed and, and people who need them can find a mask. Uh, and there's just a whole number of a bunch of other things that we're having to focus on on, on city council because COVID has impacted the economy and the economy is impacting the city's budget. Yeah. And, and that will make it, uh, we'll have some really tough decisions to make Mm -hmm. on how we allocate money and, and how we allocate our resources. That's going to be super challenging. And then regarding the protests, what I, I've shown up at a, a few of the protests, uh, wearing a mask and trying to keep socially distanced. And I've supported uh, through my blog and through votes on city council, uh, a new perspective in the city and, and trying to uh, uh, expand our focus to a more equity, on a more equity-centered approach to doing business in our city. And we're announcing some new initiatives along those lines. So um, our next question has to do a little bit more with your other job. Um, so your job in the music industry. So what is your favorite concert that you've ever been to or helped out with? Oh, geez, that's a... You know, I've done several shows with Chance the Rapper. I don't know if you know Chance the Rapper. Yeah, he's I've heard a, of him, yeah. Uh, he's a rapper based out of Chicago. I've done several shows with him. and Cool. That was fun. And uh, yeah, did a big show with G-Eazy, um, big uh, hip-hop show at the Alliant Energy Center. That was fun. Um, one of the favorites would be an artist that you 
may not have heard of. She's since passed away. Her name was Miriam Makeba. She was often known as Mama Africa. She was from South Africa, and she was really uh, a prominent voice uh, in opposition to apartheid, which was the policy in South Africa that separated blacks and whites and forced segregation nationwide. And so she was part of the resistance to that. In fact, she had been banished from her home country for many years. Wow. Um, we did a concert with yeah. her in 1990s at the Barrymore Theater. That was a really profound experience. Mm. I can see how that would definitely move someone. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, what is your favorite part of that job, and what is your least favorite part? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, that's a good question because all jobs have things that you love about them, and then there are parts that you don't particularly like. But um, you get to meet a lot of interesting people. You know, I've had conversations with artists like Joan Baez and uh, Jackson Brown. Um, and it's just exciting to be, be around creativity like that. Um, I suppose one of the things that I don't like, which, uh, it, um, I used to like it more, which was being out late, uh, every night, these concerts are held sometimes, you know, you end up not getting home until, uh, really late and early in the morning. And that can get kind of tiring after a while. But um, generally speaking, it, uh, I'm really fortunate to be able to do the work that I do. It's just, you know, I love I love being able to, to uh, uh, be around live music, and I love being able to make other other people happy. Mm. Would you recommend either or both of your jobs to others? To others, sure. Um, if if people wanted to get into the music business, it's not it's. It's not easy. You have to work hard. Uh, um, and uh, with the economy kind of uh, struggling right now, I wouldn't know where to tell people to get started. Uh, and in terms of getting involved in politics, uh, I think young people uh, are the future of this country. So if they're interested in pursuing that, I think that the best thing they can do is to read up on the issues to see if there's a way that they can volunteer to help out. And that, and when the time is right, if they're in a good place, they can throw their hat in the ring, so to speak, and run for office and see what happens. Mm, yeah, yeah. Also having to do with that, how can kids like me stand up for what they believe in? Are there other, way, other good ways you can think of? Well, you mentioned that you like to write letters. Yeah, yeah. You can, of course, write letters to elected officials and, and policymakers and uh, people who are going to make decisions that will impact your life. Mm. You can sh share your thoughts with your friends. Uh, you started a podcast, you, and, and this is one way, I think, of you making a difference because you can give voice to other people. Mm. You know, our stories are really important, so what you're doing with your daybreak podcast it seems like pippa is that you are allowing other people to ex express themselves and share their personal histories and their stories with others and that's really really important because yeah people 
people need to have voice in a democracy. And if you're if you're giving people voice and sharing their stories, that 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 plays an important role because you know uh, we're at a critical time. I think as as a country, with everything that's going on, and I think uh, uh, if we look to people like the recently um, deceased. Uh, the life of John Lewis and the legacy that he left behind is mm. story that that can resonate and touch our hearts and motivate us regardless of whether uh, someone is my age or someone is your age, Pippa, and everybody in between that we, every day we can put forth our best selves and work hard for justice, work hard for a better world, work hard for a healthier planet. Uh, and if we can do that, um, uh, and with people your age leading the way, uh, we have an opportunity for our future to be hopeful and bright. Mm, definitely. <laughs> that was uh, some good wisdom there. But um, <laughs> So we ask this question to everyone who comes on the show. Everyone has some really great answers to this, and I bet you will too. So what is your definition of success? What is my definition of success? Well, um, you know, every day you wake up and you ask, you're, you're, you look for guidance and you look, you want to do the right thing. And every night before you go to bed, you can kind of evaluate your day and say, what could, what was it that I could have done better? Um, do I need to apologize to somebody? How can I improve? And I think if we do that consistently, at some point, um, when our work is done, we we will be able to look back and say that was successful, that I was a success. Because success is not measured in how much money you make. And success is not even measured in how popular you are or how much affection and prestige and recognition you get. Success for me is in doing the right thing. and. Um, sometimes it's hard to figure out just what that right thing is. Yeah. But, you know, that's for me, that sometimes means quieting myself, sitting, uh, uh, being quiet and listening mm. and, uh, and, and paying attention. And, you know, usually uh, direction will come. And so me, for me, Pippa, success yeah. is in, is um, one day at a time, uh, doing the next right thing, and uh, in a sense, uh, just kind of trusting God or the universe uh, uh, that if I do that, um, that's what's required of me to, to, you know, to do justice, to love mercy and kindness, and to walk humbly and, and uh and if a person does that, I think um, they can leave a legacy behind them that uh, that one can rightly call a success. Hmm. Wow. I can definitely see that as being very much a success. Yeah. <laughs> Setting that sink in as well. But... <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was so great to talk to you, Tag, about both of your jobs. And 
about um, just everything that we did. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so impressed by you at the age of 12, almost 13, um, doing the exciting things that you're doing, everything from uh, taking care of monarch butterflies to having a podcast where people can share their <laughs> story. So I, I'm pleased to have you uh, as my constituent and uh, knowing that uh, you're the future is in the hands of young people like you helps me sleep better at night. Mm. Thank you so much. That's that's a really great compliment. <laughs> but anyway, okay. Thank you uh, and have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow, thanks Teg for that awesome interview. Now it's time for the break and a special announcement, but when we get back, we'll learn about a mischievous marsupial and how he got apprehended by the police. Hi Daybreak fans, Pippa here, and um, I want to talk to you guys about an exciting opportunity in Season 3. But before we get to that... Um, I have a quick tangent to go on. <laughs> so, I just want to thank everyone who helped this podcast grow. Um, season 3, oh my goodness, we're at Season 3, and oh my gosh, in early September, September 1st is going to be our first episode of Season 3, which blows my mind, because we got this far with all of your help from listeners, all the help from listeners, and... Um, all of our awesome interviews that we got and quotes and news stories that we got to share with all of you. It just makes me feel very happy that this was able to go out into the world. Me and Bryn are super proud of this, and I hope you guys are happy listening. Um, but yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm glowing because, um, the listeners really do shape the podcast in the end. Um, and you guys, uh... I love all the reviews that we've been getting, and um, people have talked to me about the podcast and said it's really great, and it just makes me feel really happy, makes Bryn feel really happy, like we're doing the right thing, which is just so great, and all of your support by sharing and talking about it with us and reviewing um, and just listening, you know, really, really helps in numerous ways, but enough on my tangent, let's get to the point, um, what you guys want to know about, so, what we're going to do on September 1st is a completely kid-run episode, this means that all you kids and teens out there, you are gonna come up with the entire episode, except for the intro, but, you know, like the news story, and our interview, and a quote, but with one common theme in mind, and this theme is back to school because everybody is going to have a different experience this school year, especially because some people are going back to school, some people aren't going back to school, they're doing virtual, and some people are doing a mix of both, and, um, you know, other stuff that I, I can't even dream up, I mean, <laughs> So, um, again, you're going to create a segment, one of three, interview, news story, or quote, 
for this episode. And since there are only three segments, sadly, we may not be able to have more than three people um, do each of these segments. Of course, you can do something with your brother and sister, but basically more like three family units um, doing segments. So um, here's how it's going to work. You guys email us before you do anything, before you do any scripting, before you do any recording, before you do anything, because we really don't want you to be disappointed if um, someone had already chosen, you know, your slot. And then you've done so much work, and now you can't do the episode, which would really suck. Um, <laughs> so we want to make sure to avoid that, and that you guys should email us at our contact information in the show notes um, to make sure that your slot is empty. And if it is indeed filled, then of course you can do a different segment, because we'll tell you what segments are available. And if there aren't any, just keep your idea um, if you were set on just one, then keep your idea because we may do another one of these episodes in the future if this is successful. So it's very simple. All you need to do is email us, and then if we give you the the go on um, your segment, then you need to start writing a script and then record yourself on whatever app you have, on whatever device you choose, then send the audio file to us, and if you have any trouble with that, just email us and we can help you troubleshoot. Um, and then once you've done that, you're going to be on the show. Isn't that exciting? I mean, it would be super cool, um, if I was on one of my, um, podcast shows. So I hope that you guys like this as well. And, um, you know, just enjoy it. Um, and if you don't want to do this time, that's fine. But if you do feel passionate about, um, trying to be on the podcast, then that sounds great. We really like to hear from you. And again, the listeners do pretty much make the podcast. So, um, now it's the time for you guys to actually make the podcast. Um, and remember this is all school themed, so we can't really do anything outside of those lines. Well, thank you so much. There's more information in the show notes if you need to learn a little bit more. Um, otherwise, uh, we just, you know, thank you so much for participating if you're going to. And um, now back to the show. Now that we're back, let's dive into our news story this week about one mischievous marsupial, a certain Jack the Kangaroo. Continuing with our troublemaking animals theme from weeks previous, we bring you the story of one small kangaroo who ventured out into the unknown. But this did not take place in the Australian outback, neither Frozen 2. No, it took place in a neighborhood right outside of Fort Lauderdale's city center in Florida. Although plenty of animals like crocodiles and even some peacocks roam around the suburbs of Florida cities, this is not like one of those seen often. Without knowing what else to do, a few residents called 911 on Fort Confused Jack as he hopped through the streets. At first, we didn't really believe it because there was only one call. So when we got there, sure enough, it was a kangaroo, Fort Lauderdale Police Officer Robert Norvis explained, according to the WSVN. We just tried to corral it and keep it out of traffic, Norvis had said. We tried to make a plan, and then we were able to come together and get him kind of surrounded. Once we had him, we kind of closed in. He's very friendly. We were able to get a loose rope around his neck and get him into the back of the car. As of late July, Jack the Kangaroo is hanging out in the police station's barn, happily hopping around and eating lots of food. 
His owner is being charged with two second-degree misdemeanors. He also has one non-criminal infraction for having the kangaroo in his backyard without further licensing. He says, after all is said and done, he still wants his marsupial pal back. Well, hopefully Jack can find a safe place to stay where he can't get lost and wander away again. Or maybe there'll be more stories of him roaming the Fort Lauderdale streets. Who knows? Thanks so much for listening to this whole season two of Daybreak. Oh my goodness, it's over. No, I don't want it to be over. Okay, I'll just stall a lot. I'll just make a ton of kind of thank yous. Okay, here we go. So, thank you to John Schrader, our editor, Bryn Campbell, who is off having a great time sailing um, over in Bayfield. Have a great time, Bryn. Miss you. Um, and also to Tag Evers, who was our awesome interview today. Also, thanks to all of our, our listeners just, you know, like listening through season two and hopefully listening in season three as well. So excited. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> and um, thank you to everyone who shared this podcast with a friend who was interviewed this whole season. It's just been so great to get to know all these people, all these people who are reviewing us. I can't say enough. Thank you. There are so many. Um <laughs> And also make sure to check out our page um, for further information, our podcast page for further information on our first episode of Season 3 school-themed, listener-created, slash-run episode, um, which will be super exciting when we get back. Make sure to send in your submission for that. We really want to hear you. Um, And, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day. Pippa, signing off.